and it's like that every time I start to record and the airplane flies over it's like you know it's just a it's a guaranteed thing that well happens. if you would quit helping them build them then they wouldn't fly I, over it's I, I, it, I don't build them I don't help them build them they re- we do the repairs you single-handedly destroy the environment <laughs> all of the carbon emissions from air travel are your responsibility solely I mean 100% that's why all that's why I'm it. looking at a hybrid car. <laughs> I don't think that's going to help, but I know I it's think, not. <laughs> I think we have some better, better things to talk about today. Yes. 100%. Because after our last episode, which I, I called, what if this episode was good? Uh, it was I good. Think we have, I think we have room for improvement. I, I mean, we do have room for improvement for sure. I mean, I think, I think this episode right now, as soon as we start, it's going to be 100 times better. I mean, I like the last episode. Don't get me wrong. Everybody that listened to it, I'm sure they're going to like be like, what are you guys well, It was about? fantastic. It was like every pitch in the world. It was the best. Yeah, I even reached out. This is how bad the last episode. I mean, good the last episode is. I reached out to your co-author for a clip to put in the episode. Never yeah. came. Never came. Oh, my God. Seriously, wow. so my whole introduction of the of the, the podcast note says we like to thank Michael Tanner for his cool idea. And we did a comic <laughs> like this. And then there's nothing in the episode about Michael Tanner, except maybe well, us mentioning him at the beginning. You know, that's typical Michael Tanner. Yeah. So and I can say that. And, 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 and a hallmark years. of this podcast to be spot on with our delivery. Yes. What? Right now? And just just every time, right? Like I I'm I'm like I have this cool idea, and then we don't deliver. I mean, we tried, we try. I mean, we did deliver US one two we, weeks oh, ago. So we did it. Science Seal delivered. A delivery off. did happen at some point, so it was pretty fantastic. Yeah. Well, we're gonna deliver some amazing for you in this this oh, episode yeah. because boy, do we have a treat! It is a treat. And we are continuing. We're we're back to it. We're well. I guess. I mean, did we really leave? I guess we left for two I, weeks. I think. Uh, I think covering CU Dad counts as a drug issue. Yeah. Yeah. Technically. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, but we did leave our our drug and alcohol series for a minute. Uh, but we, but we're coming back to our drug and alcohol series with a comic that, if you like subtext, yes, this one's got it. It's got it all over the place. It's got layered subtext. Layers. Like, it's, it's like a it's, it's like a layers and cake. layers of subtext. Yeah, it, it is. It is so many layers. It's like an onion. And when I read this comic as a 14 year old, I got none of the subtext. Yeah, I, I think I, I zero. I, got, I read this at 12 or not this issue that we're covering right now, but the issue right after it. And I didn't understand a thing because I hadn't read anything before it and I didn't read anything after it. So I just read it's, that one issue. <laughs> it's one of those books where if you are a kid, you are reading it one way. And as an adult and now knowing what went on, what was going on in the 80s with the drug war, I read this a hundred percent different way. Yeah. <laughs> it's a different book now. <laughs> and that's well, what that's what we do here at Funny Book Forensics. We look at it with our adult eyes and go, that book we read as a child, totally different book. <laughs> yeah, because if we would have talked about this in well, I was so you might have gotten it by high school, but I was so naive I wouldn't have gotten it then, right? Oh, I yeah. would have been like, look what the cool space cops are doing. Yeah, and I, I and you would have been, been like, like Dan, Dan, all these things mean and dude. I would have been like, oh, this is this is like a this is this is this is like a Dr. J video. <laughs> and you'd have been like, well, I, don't, I don't know what that reference means. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are, we are finally covering the Legion of Super. 
What? No, no, no we're no, covering no, no, the Legions. No, the Legion the of 89. <laughs> the Legions. We're, we're covering L period E period G period I period O period N period 89. A cheap attempt to get me to buy more Legion of Superheroes books in 1989. And they did. They were successful. I did indeed buy these. <laughs> you bought them all. <laughs> I bought them all. Um, Legion. Yeah, this was actually, we uh, recently finished up uh, a series called Invasion, uh, authored by Keith Giffen, who was hot all over DC Comics in the late Mm -hmm. 80s. He was writing Justice League with uh, John Mark uh, DeMattis. Mm -hmm. He was writing, he was just now, he had just been back uh, drawing Legion of Superheroes at the end yeah. of the volume three run and then was starting the five year later run right at this time. He's also writing L-E-G-I-O-N 89, the mm-hmm. only book uh, to this point in history whose year on the title actually went up with the year. Like the title <laughs> changed every year. That's it. That, that's a testament and 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 if it's the only thing the series is really known for, probably highlights something bad about the series. But I'm gonna be honest with you, I actually really love these books. They're they're fun. <laughs> they're, yeah, I mean they're just they're the Giffen Justice League in space. Yeah, sort of. Yeah, and one of the things Giffen is was really good at was taking characters that. Uh, didn't have a huge backstory and then giving them voice. And in this case, he creates a bunch of characters in the invasion series and spins it off into this book. Plus Lobo. Lobo. Who was created by Keith Griffin and Roger Silfer in Omega men number three. So he got to pick back up one of his toys and play with it. Yeah. And and this is honestly before the Lobo that everyone knows. So oh yeah, this, he's not he's not the beefcake Lobo, the 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 hard riding Lobo that everybody's like. Let's make a movie about this guy. You don't want a movie yeah. about well, this. Well, he guy. is, but he we is, just don't know that yet. You don't know that yet. You don't you don't want a movie about this guy. Oh, I think you do because I we're going to have a mini series about him in 1990, and it just goes on from there. Yeah, because but then, I mean, then this it's the early 90s, guy. and Lobo <laughs> is in every DC book every week. He's like the Wolverine of of oh, DC. Yeah. He is. He is. Yeah, he is 100 percent that. And then they burned that out real quick, but then have been able to bring back Lobo several times. I think. I think it was the one where he murders Santa Claus. That was my favorite issue. Oh man, there's some. I know you're a big Lobo fan. I, I like I like some Lobo. I I have to say though, on this the the cover that we're 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 talking about, uh, he has this meatloaf look, and I I think he would do anything for love. He would. He's about out of hell. <laughs> he would do that. <laughs> he's about out of hell. He is about out of well. He's a wolf out of hell. <laughs> well, we get interestingly enough. It's it's really interesting because on this book. Well, let's let's talk about the cover for a second oh, before yeah. I get into the book. It's cool. Because <laughs> arguably you have one of DC's most famous cover slash interior artists on the on the cover, mm-hmm. which and one of their most famous inkers, which you've got a Kevin Maguire and Al Gordon cover, which is really interesting. Al Gordon inking Kevin Maguire is interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I, th- I mean, I like it. But with Al Gordon's sort of heavier inks, you get the Kevin Maguire expressive faces, but they're not quite as expressive. Yeah. 
Is that a fair assessment? Like you've got okay. Docs back in the background, Vril Docs, who you'll learn about in a couple mm-hmm. minutes. He's Brainiac's son, sort of. Mm-hmm. Sort of. Sort of. Brainiac. We'll call him Brainiac 2. Brainiac 2. And you've got uh, a Lobo like running at you. And we've got Docs and Lobo, the demonic duo. And as we set up for this issue, Vril Docs and a band of misfit toys escapes the alien invasion. They escape a big jail, basically. Mm-hmm. And what happened in invasion was each planet had to send or was they didn't have to, but they could send the folks they didn't want to this big jail as sort of this tribute to be part of this alien alliance so they'd be left alone. And so sometimes planets sent somebody who they like one of their heroes because the alien alliance demanded it. Right. So sometimes that happened. And then some planets also use that as an opportunity just to get rid of annoyances. Mm -hmm. So in the case of Kolu, home of Brainiac, the computer tyrants of Kolu just sent Vril Docs because he was an annoyance. (laughs) And in the case of, Karen, the planet we'll, inter- we'll learn about in this episode, they also sent an annoyance, and he's quite annoying. So we'll meet some Just of the characters little. here in a couple <laughs> minutes. Uh, earlier in the series, they go back to Kalu. They fight the computer tyrants of Kalu. The team unifies around defeating the computer tyrants, and they escape, and now they're out to create their own space cop agency. Well, at least Vril Docs, Brainiac 2. They never really call him Brainiac 2 in this series, right? No. But basically, he was Brainiac 2 in the Silver Age. So virtually sort of Brainiac's son. Yeah. But if you know the name Docs, you'll know that a famous hero that's been in cartoons and comic books named Brainiac 5 Mm. is the descendant of Vril Docs. So Uh I got that. And Brainiac 5 was a good guy. Uh, Vril Docs, on the other hand, eh, Uh. questionable. Questionable. I would say on the line of, um, uh, what do you want to say? Like, he he has that moral ambiguity. <laughs> well, we're also coming off a deal that Vril Docs has made with Lobo because you see two of the other characters, Garen Beck and Lydia Maller, whose descendant is Shadow Lass of Legion of Superheroes. Mm-hmm. She is the champion of Talok 5. See, you just wish you knew all that. That's what I, happens when I get a book I know a lot about. Yes, yeah, yeah. You know, you get really bored because I start talking about no, Legion no. stuff. It's, it's educational. And <laughs> that's one way to put it. Educational. Educational. <laughs> it's a nice way to say boring. See, no, but, it boring. It's educational. Uh, they ran into one of Lobo's dolphin fish that live in space uh-huh. and they accidentally killed one. <gasps> and so Lobo was going to kill them. But Docs made a deal. So. Now Lobo works for him. So somehow with the 12th level intellect, you can trick Lobo into making a deal with you where he now works for you and he doesn't kill your associates after they accidentally killed one of his space dolphins. Oh, man. And if you're looking for a wild ride, we're only on issue five. You can go back and read issue one through four pretty easily to see what was happening. Oh, yeah. And I will. And they're fun books. So anyway, we get the demonic duo and we're going to flip from the cover with mcguire and gordon to an equally adept art team in a second that does amazing outer space things and we get uh the first page the secret diary of garen beck and garen beck's a fascinating character i would say like his hair sort of looks like a lettuce wedge salad Mm -hmm. or guile 
from Street Fighter. <laughs> or Guile from Street Fighter. Is that well? Uh, the Secret Diary of Garen Beck, and we get uh, we get a nice big spaceship leaving a planet. And he says, I can't believe you did this, Docs. You actually contracted this maniac. He's working for us now. And Docs corrects back and says, working for me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then we get some notes from Garen Beck's diary. Vril (laughs) Vril Docs has many fine qualities. Highly intelligent, leadership ability, physical fitness. I've tried hard to like him. I really have. But I just cannot understand how a guy with everything going for him can be guilty of so many downright rotten things. <laughs> and, that's, and then we get an introduction to our creative team, Keith Giffen on plots and plot and breakdowns, very similar to what he did on justice league with Dematis, Alan Grant, the scripter. And we'll talk about Alan Grant a, a little bit more in this, in mm-hmm. our next couple of podcasts, but Alan Grant was actually a scripter on uh, 2000 AD oh, okay. and actually did some judge dread scripting before nice. he came to the U S to work for DC. Okay. And he also had a pretty famous run on Batman with Norm uh, Breifogel. Oh, wow. So we're getting that Alan Grant. He's and and rest his soul. He died last year, unfortunately. So we can't go get Alan Grant's signature now, which makes me sad. And then we've got Barry Kitson, who also came over mm-hmm. uh, from the UK. And I, I don't think we're going to get a lot into Barry Kitson because Barry Kitson's work is extensive. <laughs> So mm-hmm. if you don't know who Barry Kitson is, do a lookup. We got Mark McKenna on inks, Laverne Kinzerski, the colorist, color, do, can I say words today? Colorist Color. and Gaspar, the letterer, just Gaspar, no, no names. Gaspar. And we also get uh, editing. We got Art Young as assistant editor and Karen Berger mm-hmm. as the head editor. And of course, Karen Berger went on very shortly after this to do Vertigo, to mm-hmm. edit the entire Vertigo line. So a long time. We got a powerhouse crew here. Yeah. So if this isn't good, that's that's pretty bad, right? Yeah. <laughs> and That'd be yeah. very disappointing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it it did okay. I don't think the sales numbers were fantastic, but it, it did okay. Yeah. So also at the time, just one more thing to set up too. Uh, the Green Lantern Corps were defunct. Okay. So don't ask me why, because I can't tell you right now, but I can just tell you they were defunct. No space, please. So they needed new space police. We need new space police because we don't have the space police with the shiny rings. Now you have space police without the shiny rings. Well, we don't have them yet. Well, okay. Patience, sir. Patience. I see. Well, we're on to the next page and Garen Beck is, is not happy. No. And basically we get a nice six panel conversation between Beck and Docs and... <laughs> Got Lobo just chilling out in the background and Beck is just protesting everything that's happened because he doesn't want Lobo to be hanging out with the quote unquote team. That's not a team. That is a team. (laughs) Kind of like the Defenders. Yeah. Yeah. In space. Defenders in space. In space. Yeah. Like basically Beck just runs away in anger because he he's it's a losing battle, right? Docs makes a deal to keep. Uh, him from getting murdered so he's like i gotta hang out with this guy but he's not gonna murder me at least for now yeah so and basically what they have to do to keep lobo on their side is they have to keep his dolphin pack fed and safe and as long as they do that he can't kill <coughs> larissa or beck so, so they're safe we're good and then we get a meet the team shot we get Beck walking in and you've got a lineup here of stealth who is an alien and 
Man, it took me forever to figure out stealth's powers. So let me ask you, based on what you've read so far, what are stealth's powers? They're stealth. <laughs> uh, can you get into more detail besides saying her name? They do stealth things. So you don't know her powers. <laughs> I, I didn't pick up on anything in the two books. I didn't pick up on anything in the two books. In fact, I would tell you I didn't pick up on anything for several issues. I think it took me a good year before I figured out what Stahl's powers were. Gotcha. But you are right. Uh, she basically can manipulate fields. So she's stealth. All right. I mean, her name is her power, sort of, but I don't know. It's a hard comic book power, I think. That's um, that's that's uh, that's that's pretty that's pretty tricky. We're also going to find out a lot about her. Admittedly, it took me like a year to figure out what Domino's powers were in X-Force 2. I uh, see. Well, that's Did pretty you know easy. what they were when you were yeah. reading those early issues? Yeah. Domino can like, you know, predictive can like, she's you know, lucky. Yeah, lucky. Like she knows what not to do based off of things that are happening. So it's predictive. I dare you to go luck. back and read those issues and <laughs> tell me that that was actually explained. <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> I'm just smart. <laughs> I see. Yeah, I'm not because I can't figure out. If you don't tell me exactly what the powers are. Uh, I'm a little confused. Uh, we also meet R- Larissa Mailer, the champion of Talok five, who has shadow casting powers, which I don't think are used in the entire two issues. No. Okay. We have a Durlin who is unnamed. He's just wearing a big purple robe and often has a big green thing sticking out of his thing. Yes. The if you're a Legion fan, the purple robes are reminiscent of the Time Dropper, which is a little mm-hmm. bit weird. And then we've got Strata, who is a big dryad, basically the uh, ancestor of Block in the Legion of Superheroes. Mm-hmm. And so we've got that going on. And basically, uh, we get another page of Beck whining at anybody who will listen. Uh, Yes. Is that a fair yes. assessment of this page? Beck just whines, 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 runs away, whines some more. He kind of whines a lot. Oh, like the book is whining. Yeah. He's just like, and he wants the team to put a uh, distance between the manipulative creep, which is Edril Dox, a- as much as they can. Mm-hmm. And then we get to the next page and Strata steps in and says, you know, Vril's got Lobo, you know, we can't just let those two run amok. So we've decided to stick around uh, for the time being, at least. And Strata also has like, it looks like a big chunk has been removed, but there's nice shiny rock underneath. Yeah. Hey, Hence the thing. name Strata, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But we don't really know that yet because we're, we're just getting started. Mm-hmm. And then we just get more and more. Garen Beck getting upset mm-hmm. just being until sad. he leaves. Yeah. Just being a sad boy. <laughs> and, you know, they get Strata oftentimes is comic relief. You just get, he storms away and Strata like, he thinks he's got problems. My skin's peeling off like plaster. Uh, see, he's molting. Yeah, and right. they are molting. They, they are molting. And we've got Larissa just making fun of Beck too. So just pretty much the entire team is tired of this guy too. Yeah. So he goes off and sulks some more and writes in his diary. Yeah. <laughs> Which says, is, a, I was going to yeah. say, like the, the panel, the, all, all those panels, that whole page is really pretty and it's really f- reflective of his inner, inner sadness. <laughs> well, now we're going to get some Beck inner sadness. Should, how should we read this? Like a forlorn teenager? Like I'm thinking, yeah. I'm not sure. If you want Sometimes to. I think I'm trapped in a nightmare. 
every time I think I know what's going on, every time I seem able to exert a little control in my own life, the ground gets pulled away from under my feet. I'm no hero. So why does Docs insist on keeping me around? Why does he thwart me at every turn, manipulate everything so I can't break away? I guess I should feel flattered. Nah, I might as well face it. My life is out of my control. Oh, well, as nightmares go, I suppose it could be worse. The others aren't too hard to get along with, and Larissa's nice. And at least we're traveling. I mean, I could still be stuck at home on Cairn. Did you, did you go to sleep? No, I, 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 was, I, was, I was just like thinking to myself, he's so sad. He's, he's, he's like, he has a book of terrible teenage poetry. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's emo. He's very emo with a giant, but his hair is not emo. That's for sure. Oh, well, I mean, it could be, we just don't know. Maybe on his Well, point. at the end of the page, he sees a planet and yells, oh my grok, which I it, guess you can't say, oh my God. So that's what they say. Oh my grok. There's a lot of grok in oh, that shows grok. up in these, in these books. Oh yeah. Well, we don't get to know what exactly has happened because now we get a conversation between the Durlin and Docs. And these two have an interesting history if you go back and read the book. So I won't get too far into it, but the Durlin was sort of for a while Docs's conscience. Okay. And you can see that interaction here. And again, these pages are crazy good. Oh, yeah. They're really pretty. <laughs> it's like even if the plot of the book is terrible you can just keep saying these pages are amazingly pretty they are and i like too i think kitson does an amazing job with faces oh yeah and that's where i do think the kitson and mcguire art is somewhat similar though not the same though i think kitson stop, stops doing more mcguire-esque stuff later as he gets settled into his art <laughs> but I love how in the different panels you can see Docs go from thinking about his conscience to smirking, knowing he's going to ignore it. Yeah. <laughs> and with the last panel, the Durlin says, at least he hasn't realized our destination yet. Referring to Beck, you <laughs> still intend to go through with this, I take it. And Docs just smirks and says, you take it correctly, old friend. I most certainly do. <laughs> and so we'll soon get to find out what nefarious plans Docs has. Except, of course, Beck is whining again. He's screaming, Karen, he's taking us to Karen. The bastard's taking us to Karen. And he's bitching to Larissa instead of to Docs. And Larissa's just like, I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, why, why does it matter? <laughs> and then we get a, a new suit on. We see the suit that, that he was wearing. Like, he's totally changed from his blue jumpsuit to... Mm -hmm. It's like a hand kind of thing. Yeah. On his chest with a shiny orb in the middle. Yeah. And he just tells Beck he's going to his destiny, my destiny, our destiny. <laughs> but he always says, no, no, he says my destiny first. Yes, my destiny, our destiny. I mean, we're sharing it, right? Like it's it's yeah. it's it's shared between both of us. But it's like this podcast choice, this this issue choice was our choice right yes yes definitely our choice you you chose for for both of us a book that you wanted to cover <laughs> right see i've got some real docs in me yes i think it's fair i think you have a little real docs in you though too a little or maybe a little lobo i mean uh, probably some lobo i, I apologize if you can hear the fire trucks but there's a fire on 167 or something 
<laughs> well, I don't hear like you always point out sounds that we can't necessarily hear. Yeah. No, I can see the smoke from here. Well, what's going on here on <laughs> on this world here? So we, we get like a oh. we get like a Wikipedia entry of the world with some really pretty art. Yes, it's a it's a nice little Wikipedia entry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, on Karen is a drug world. It says an estimated 78 percent of all illegal substances distributed through this and neighboring five star systems are grown here, processed here or controlled from here. Technologically, it's unremarkable because they just pursue drugs, basically. And the dominant humanoids are distinguishable solely for only one fact. They have the highest addiction rate of the, of any known world, approaching 100% in several areas. And we find out that the head drug lord of this world is named Canis Biz. Oh, no! What? What could they be referring to here? I don't know. It sounds it sounds very much like a play on words, Dan. Well, Doc says Karen is the disease is a disease and we are going to administer the cure. This All right. So, was there a country in South America that was notorious for the cocaine trade? I do believe 80s? so. I do was believe it so. Colombia perhaps? Probably. <laughs> was there not a lot of rhetoric like this directed toward their government? Probably. I mean, you could go watch all the Pablo Escobar stuff on Netflix, right? Yes. So, yeah, there's some subtext here. I can tell you when I was reading this as a 14-year-old, I was just like, oh, well, they're picking this world because it's a drug world and drugs are bad. Mm, Yes. Oh, just a drug. Yeah, yeah. And so they're going to take out this guy. And I definitely didn't know what Canis Biz referred to. (laughs) As soon as I read it, I started laughing. And then you see him (laughs) smoking something. He doesn't look like a happy man. No. But then again, maybe he is a happy man because he's smoking something. I do like how they're all their fields, though. I mean, this is but this there is some subtext here, right? There definitely were, you know, food crops and things like that in countries that were selling drugs, you know, primarily to customers in the United States, right? Mm -hmm. Where food crops were substituted for, say, coca crops or marijuana at times. And yeah, there's just, there's a lot of subtext here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one thing I, if I'm going to critique this, I will say I didn't like the fact that they said, well, they have the highest addiction rate of any known a country known in the world because, you know, as we learned about the drug war more, right? The addiction rates were in the oh, countries sorry. that could afford to purchase yeah. them, right? Yeah, yeah. And then it was far less addic- addiction rates in the countries that were producing. So, but maybe it's the ecosystem too, like they. Mm-hmm. Maybe produce they, and then sell to the people that can afford it on the planet and then export it. Or maybe they keep their planet high all the time to keep them working. And pass it. Yeah. Well, it looked like they, they had robots it. out there working, so they have to keep folks high on something, I guess. Mm-hmm. Occupy their I mean, time. it could be it could be a situation in which, you know, like it, you know, like there's a, a huge strike or something like that. And the only way to, to make everybody's life better is to, um, you know, to to you know get a little integrity and then they're, they're a little integrity a little integrity and you know then the whole the whole town is is just a little a little uh tilted if you will and and then you know just things change and yeah you know well in in docs is <laughs> like, God. you're not even you're not even biting you're not even biting yeah i'm not biting you're not biting it, it fits though it fits because it's cannabis but <laughs> 
I think we get uh, we get Docs has got Garen back uh, reined in here because mm-hmm. Garen's like, man, I have to hand it to Docs. He gets his facts straight and, and, and right to the point. His heart's in the right place. Mm-hmm. So we find out Karen is a hardcore Reaganite. Karen or Docs? Garen back. Oh, Garen. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah. And not Karen. Karen's a whole different. Karen's yeah. Columbia, right? I mean, yeah. Yeah. So uh, basically, we get Docs explaining the idea is to give the police a massive morale boost. He's going to by giving them one huge drug bust. Yeah. So we've got a warlord who's supplanted the government and he's going to go down there and basically pump up the government so they can beat the warlord. Does this sound familiar in history at all? A little bit. (laughs) A little bit. Well, anyway, he introduces his plan and like every nefarious supervillain, you get still saying still it's going to be just us against a planet wide organization. And Larissa says, I'm sure that won't phase real. How precisely do you propose we begin? And he's like, I've already begun. <laughs> ah! And so the team's like, what? You've done what? So in classic Vrildocs fashion, he doesn't really consult the team. He just starts something. Yes. And immediately the team flies off to the planet. So we've got Beck, Strata, Larissa, and Stealth. Because Lobo's already there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then we get some really interesting things. And I love always love the interplay between Stealth and Larissa because, you know, you get in the middle of the page. Larissa's like, from what I understand of the conditions down there, the execution of this Canis biz would be on the par of murdering a head of state on any other world. And Stealth's like, so what? Biz is still no more than a lowlife hoodlum. And Larissa's like, that's not the issue here. Stealth is Talok's shadow champion. I have some experience in these things. The planet's social and political structure must be taken into account. You can't just go executing. And she gets cut off. You know, you're getting to be a real drag. <laughs> you are. Any, anyway, the group conscious. And I think this is, uh, you get this, it's a comic book, but there's also a lot of subtext here yeah, because yeah. the U.S., right in working with other governments would often prop up the presumed head of state right no right. matter how bad they were right and especially in latin america we would prop up heads of state that weren't communist quote unquote right mm-hmm. and so in hopes that things would go the way that they wanted and then when they didn't well then a regime change was needed and sometimes things would work out and sometimes things would go the way they did and maybe guns would just show up for the people that wanted to do the regime change yeah emphasizing as long as they weren't communists right they could never be communists because that that that's that's a no-go yeah well we find out karen's in an open world um and and that's what beckett says and nobody in their right mind would attack it so we're off and we get the master planner here docs talking to the durlin he's like there they go and the durlin's like just as you knew they would by my mother's tendrils, you're a sly one, Vril. I'm just wondering on Durla, since they're all shape changers, uh-huh. do do they have moms and dads? I don't know. It's a good question. It would be interesting, right? Like it'd probably just be mates, perhaps. Yeah, just they they shake uh, they shake uh, um, things and <laughs> make a make another. Well. The interesting thing is uh, Docs puts phase two of the plan in place. He's going to down to take over the Karen police department, the mm-hmm. police force, not the police department, I guess the whole planetary police force. Yeah. 
that is as corrupt as Canis Biz, right? Right. So, okay. And he's bringing Lobo down with him, and Lobo's pretty excited to get started murdering people because he's he's good at that. So now we're headed down, and we're back to Beck whining. Karen home, I thought I'd never see it again. I hoped I'd never see it again. Well, here I am, and there it is. And it's all thanks to real bloody docs. He's like, what would you compare him to in popular culture? Daria. <laughs> Daria. Yeah. Reaching back there. I mean, uh, Daria is pretty, pretty. I mean, uh, yeah, reaching back. But I mean, Daria's come full circle again. Kids like Daria. That's fair. Yeah. Daria's well, again. They wonder how they're going to get into Canis Biz's estate. And Beck's like, oh, we can get in because I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, what? What? Huh? Huh? Don't and worry. we get to the next page and we get a reveal. <gasps> Garen right, walks yeah. down the the plank there or the I don't know. What are those things called? Yeah, uh, <laughs> you make planes. Uh, it's a the ramp. Yeah, the the, the ramp steps. Cantry. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, Candace Biz walks up and goes, Garen, Garen Beck, old Wedgehead. And somehow by giving him a giant hug, his head, actually, the, the hair goes down a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> and we find out that Garen Beck is in some way Candace Biz's son. What? <gasps> dun, dun, wah, dun. Wah. Son? No. Well, and then we get to the next page and... Beck says, oh, well, at least we got here before Lobo. Wonder what happened to him. And well, what happened is Lobo has been unleashed upon the police force and he's murdering a whole bunch of them. Yes, he's just beating the crap out of them all. He is going berserker. <laughs> yeah. And there's lots of blood and a whole pile of them on Lobo and he's beating up. And then the rest of the police are like, oh, my God, uh, that guy, that guy ain't normal. Yeah, no, I don't get paid. And 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 for for people that obviously can't see this, they they look like Spaceballs, like the the characters from Spaceballs, <laughs> except for they're wearing like purple outfits. And yeah. uh, it, I I when I was when I <laughs> just reading this, I'm just like, oh my gosh, asshole, yeah, asshole, asshole. <laughs> I'm also just gonna t- I'll I'll just say it now because I don't think there was anything meant by this, but I am not super comfortable with the upside down pink triangles they're all wearing either. Fair. Fair enough. Because I, I yeah. don't like yeah. it when Nazis, almost Nazi symbols slide into the book. Yeah, yeah. That meant a very different thing. Right. But yeah. And maybe there's more subtext here because this is the book of subtext beyond subtext. So, yeah. maybe but we do get basically everybody surrenders to Lobo, which means they surrender to Docs. Yeah. And Lobo is just sitting on a pile of dead bodies. And Docs looks up and goes, done. Good work. He's like, I was only warming up, man. Who's next? And the docs is like, from the lackluster performance of the lot, I'd say the current police chief isn't too highly thought of. Probably best we retire him and take over ourselves. <laughs> so they've now taken. Now docs has a police force. Yeah. And, change. <laughs> and he does say we'll change all that, of course, one city at a time until this whole world is drug free. So he is going to eradicate drugs from the country. From the the planet country, I said country from the planet, and again, you know, it's it's in it's a changer. <laughs> so 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 who's so we're on page seventeen because this book has page numbers. Yes, yes, it does. Unlike yeah. other books we've read in the past, unlike other books we've read, and they don't and have. I page was told numbers, you're never going to get those page, page numbers. numbers. 
In fact, the page numbers could be changed when it was put in graphic novel form. Oh, well, you're not going to get them. Well, tell me, where are you at so far? So we're on page 17. Whose 17. side are you on? Are you on Canis Biz's side? Or are you on Beck's side? Or are you on Dox's side? I'm on Dox's side, of course. Because we're eradicating all drugs? Well, because he's just badass. Didn't he just have Lobo murder like 30 people? But that's what Lobo does. <laughs> right. That doesn't make it okay. I mean, more ambiguity, moral ambiguity. Moral ambiguity. Or there's lots of morals here because subtext. Subtext. Dan's word of the day. Yes. All right. Let's keep this show rolling. We're at 40. Well, <laughs> we flip a page and we're having a big party at the Whoa. Canis Biz Estate. Big party. And everybody's eating. There's a big giant turkey with like, uh, it looks like the turkey from John Madden. Like, oh, that's a the big... Thanksgiving games. Yeah, it's got a lot of feet on it. A lot of legs. Six drumsticks. That's a that's a weird turkey. Candace Biz is yelling out, eat, drink, snort, smoke. Be merry for tomorrow. You can do it all again. Ain't that what the philosophers say, Garen? And Garen's like, oh, I guess. Listen, about this Lobo, I mean, we're not talking your average hired assassin here. You should hear what his name means. I don't think I'm on Garen Beck's side ever. No, me neither. He's kind of a, he's kind of a, you know, he's... He's just sad boy. Yeah. And Larissa is frustrated because she's trying to prevent the murder of a head of state, but she's her brain is coming to grips with the excesses and the, the terribleness, terrible split in the population. Right. And the rich is here. And then we've got the rest of the population below who all seemingly work for the police. Right. Right. Well, anyway, we get some folks going down here. We get one dude at the bottom with glasses on. Mm-hmm. He said they ask him for some more wine, Mr. Cool. And he says, nah, it's bad for the kidneys. Uh, bring me some crushed ice and a syringe. <laughs> oh, wow. All right. So, yeah. Anyway, Biz is acting all tough. Lobo, Schmobo, you don't have to worry about him. Canis Biz can look after himself. And he says, no more to be said. Come on, son, eat up. And of course, and Larissa's hating this. Yeah. And so we get some typical gangster stuff. <laughs> and Canis has his own uh, bodyguard named Knuckles. And mm-hmm. they send, uh, he sends the crew off to, to bed. See you tomorrow. <laughs> uh, but he leaves them together. And Larissa is angry. She says, let me see if I've got this straight. When you were on the force, you were here, wanted to bust biz, but you couldn't get close enough to get evidence you needed. So I married his daughter. Are you satisfied? So now we see why Garen Beck got sent off to the space prison. Uh-huh. Because apparently Candace Biz is a lot smarter than Garen Beck, which should not be a surprise. Got it. And Stealth's making fun of him because obviously he didn't bust him. And Beck's like, I tried stealth. Believe me, I tried, but nobody paid any attention. They all thought it was some great joke, even Biz. I, I, I can't imagine why they thought it was a great joke, Greg. I don't know either. Because <laughs> he's just... <laughs> Do you think he just walked around in trying to capture him, just walked around the estate, you know, whining? Hey, Biz, I want to arrest you, but I don't have any evidence yet. Soon, though. Soon. Sure no thing. bother. <laughs> and he's like, sure thing, Beck. Well, their next steps are to wait for Lobo and, and stop him from murdering Canis Biz. So 
hey, we get a flashback, though. Um, so while Beck whines about his dirty little secret being out, uh, we find out that the one dude in the last picture is an inspector, and he was actually trying to stop Canis Biz. Oh. We find out that there are some good police. Interesting. And then we get back to Doc's, and we've got a situation because it looks like Lobo ate the head of the police chief. <gasps> it does look like that. It's or gone. he just cut it off. He cut, yeah, he might have just done that. It's gone. Yeah, because Docs tells him to go find the head and get the body out of there. And he asks Docs if he can have a badge. Can I get a badge? <laughs> and Docs just responds, now Lobo, I think it may have rolled under the console. So that's where we're at with those two. Mm-hmm. And then we've got the Durlin who's sitting in space. And basically, Docs is just reporting back in. Everything's going to plan. He's going to give the troops a pep talk. And the drone's like, well, what about you know the rest of the team? And Docs just tells him he worries too much. <laughs> and the drone's like, actually, I, I worry too little. But I think that's due for a change. Right. <laughs> and then we get the last scene in the book. And we get Docs talking to Lobo as he's ready to go out there to rally the troops, literally. And it looks like Docs has a small army. He says, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a lifetime of planned purpose. I take it all of you have heard of Canis Biz's estate. We get next issue getting down to say it, Greg. Business. Business. And man, are we ready for another issue or what? So oh, yeah. uh, tell me what your thoughts are of this thing so oh, far. I, I mean, like uh, when reading it, like if I read this when I was younger, I would have missed a lot of stuff reading it now. Definitely. Wow. A lot of subtext, a lot of interesting stuff. I, I can really appreciate the art that's in it. Uh, I think I would have appreciated it when I was younger, but definitely like now I'm like, wow, this is really good. I love the panel layouts and, and I like the way that certain things are used. Uh, definitely like in the diary aspect and stuff like that. Uh, and all of that, it's very really neat littering choices and other things. So I find, a lot of a lot of those aspects are really cool, uh, along with the, the the play and the art and the coloring and stuff like that. It just makes it a very enjoyable book. And the story, I mean, with all the subtext and everything like that, and, and the layers, uh, it's it's very like you know. After reading it a couple times, it's it is definitely like you pick up on more stuff as you go through it. Uh, if I was going to give a criticism of the book, it would be that it, it feels like in some ways Giffen's just repeating the formula. Mm -hmm. You've got all these characters that have superpowers, but it's not a book about using the superpowers. Right. It's just I mean, Justice League in space. Oh, yeah. But I do like it. And I, I'm with you. The colors to me are what really make it stand out as a mm -hmm. as a different book. Right. It yeah. sets a different scene. It's very clear that's not Earth. I think that also the purples and the yellows and the pinks tell us that there is some am moral ambiguity. Right. Mm -hmm. If good guys are primary colors and bad guys are dark colors, then this mix of the purple, which is a monarchical color, right? And sometimes bad guys and lots of bad guys in comics are purple, right? Uh -huh. We get these mix of purples and yellows to yeah. sort of illustrate the moral ambiguity of the book. Mm -hmm. And definitely, of course, the the police are purple with the pink triangles, right? Yeah. So definitely cool with the colors. And yeah, it's it's interesting. So what do you think is going to happen next? I think they're going to get down to business. You think biz-ness? Business. Well, 
go ahead and tell the folks what you have to plug here. Because uh, there's something important coming up. Uh, coming up is a Starlight Issue 6 is dropping on Kickstarter uh, not too long from now. So we'll be posting updates on our Starlight uh, Facebook, Instagram, and other social media pages. So jump on those to follow along with us and find out uh, when and where on Kickstarter you can uh, go and back and pledge for the new book, the new issue, and pick up all the other issues uh, along with the next issue. And if you listen to our Starlight review, you know I highly recommend Starlight as well. So give it a shot and make sure you send all of your complaints about any bad parts of the story that you don't like because people get, you know, happens to them and Greg doesn't prevent it. And he just goes right along with the writing team and writes it in the dialogue and stuff. And so if you don't like things, you can send those. Don't bother sending it to Travis Webb. Just send it great straight, straight to Greg. Just, just send it straight to me, and then I'll just ignore it. <laughs> no, I, I, I'll, I'll take it into consideration. Um, and also, so, oh, yeah, and I don't have a lot to plug this week. We're not going to any cool comic cons. No, no, no. In the next couple months, and we aren't uh, doing anything cool except helping Greg promote Starlight. So, yeah. oh, that's I was going to say, what's up? Get out there, say, read Starlight, and you could always um, drop by the Retro Emporium and. Kent Washington yep. on Meeker yep. Street. If you yep. want to relive your childhood and if you're there on the weekends, you'll probably meet Greg or Squatcho Man. One or the other. One of us is there. So oh, we'll go ahead and wrap this one up, but hopefully you grab this one and read it. These are fun books. And I would honestly suggest just reading issue one through four if you'd grab this one because it's not a lot to read, but it will give you context. <laughs> and literally this series is starting from scratch. So it will give you all the context you need. Read them all. Just and with it. that. Let's go ahead and wrap this up. So I think, Greg, take us out of here in, in the way you always do, the best way possible. Well, I, I mean, I I didn't I didn't start recording this, so I don't know how to record. I don't know how to stop it. Yeah. So, again, you're taking us out in your classic Greg way. Just no. Not really ending the podcast, but it just goes on forever. So. Mm-hmm.